Testing, checking, yes! everybody it's me chef josh welcome to another episode of the family cast food and music is life yes yes indeed that noise you're hearing behind me this time not just the family cast song but that is bruce mckinnon jr or bruce beats all day if you're on instagram uh, on the flugelhorn <laughs> it's not a trumpet it's not a french horn it's a flugelhorn Anyways, I'm going to be, uh, I like his stuff, and he said I could use some beats of his, some stuff. He plays instruments, and uh, I'm going to use one on this episode, obviously, but also I found one, and I made a beat with it, a little collab beat that I did for the next episode, the next episode of The Family Cast. Anyways, yeah, thanks, Bruce, for the, the, the flugelhorn, and uh, check him out, Bruce Beats All Day on Instagram, Bruce Beats All Day. I'll put it in the show notes, whatever. Um, Hello. Hello, 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 hello out there in podcast land. Yes, uh, if you didn't hear, if you're just tuning in 30 seconds later, I am Chef Josh. This is my show. It's the Punk Chef Podcast. I'm a punk chef. I'm not the only punk chef in the world. Please hear me. I'm not the only one. And um, But I do this podcast, and we do food and music pairings. So welcome. If this is your first time, hello. If this is your, your more than first time, welcome back. If uh, you have, if you're sharing this show with a friend, thank you very much. If you're not sharing this show with a friend, what's your problem? Just kidding. Please do that. Share it. And um, it's funny today. I was gonna. I was just about to mention Grumpy Chef Shop Knives. Grumpy Chef Knives. The guy I'm talking to today is yet another Josh on the show. This the show has got full Josh power, right? Um, Josh Barbie, and he is from the band called Revisionist. But he's also been in a bunch of other bands, and you've probably seen the bands that he's been in, like. I don't know, Take It Back, Revisionist, The Gentleman Homicide, um, Cowards. What's these some other ones? Um, I can't remember. The, we talk about it all in the episode, so stay in tune for that. I'll play a little clip of some of his new music, yeah, uh, the new Revisionist album. He, uh, sounds really good. I'm really liking the album. So congrats to everyone involved with that, including Aaron from Under Oath as a producer, stuff like that. Sonny from POD as guest vocals. Um, it's just really good. So I'll just play a clip because it's not out yet. It's not out yet. So, and then afterwards, of course, I'll play more of his music. But anyways, thanks for listening. Whoa, the reason I was saying Grumpy Chef Shop, because you, I always say you can use code FAMCAST if you shop Grumpy Chef Shop for 15% off all your orders, right? Um, this guy, Josh, that I'm talking to today, he actually he bought one of the knives. Um, and he got it the same day that we did the episode. So <laughs> we talk about that a little bit. And so there's in here, we got food pairings, we got music, we got lots of lots of band history, lots of uh, uh, mutual friends. And you'll hear how we talk about band, other bands that he's connected to, too. So, yeah, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. Thanks for sticking around thus far. I really appreciate all of you. Yeah, if you're on Instagram, I'm at Instagram.com forward slash The Family Cast. And if you're on uh, any of the other things like Apple, Spotify, Google, anything like that, we're on all those. I even have a YouTube channel. So there's clips. I put clips up of some of the video chats that I do with people. So not every single episode because sometimes it's just me, right? Um, uh, what was I going to say? If you're not familiar with the band Take It Back, 
go band go back and listen to what the kitchen pairing playlist i believe it was two playlists ago i had i added them to the list so um that's one of the bands that we'll talk about today obviously because we talk about so many bands but that's about it i want to get into the conversation because it's a it's a good one it's a long one we're just we're just chewing the fat two two joshes chewing the fat joshing around if you will no don't okay i am going to stop talking now so you can hear a short clip from one of josh's new songs from revisionist album just a short clip okay let's dig in Rock and rolls. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between, I'm here with another Josh. Yet another Josh. Yeah, another Joshua. One. Yosh. Um, Yoshinoya. Yoshi. Anyways, Josh Barbie. Barbe from yeah. the band Revisionist and maybe some other stuff too. Maybe some other musical stuff that we're going to talk about on this show. Family Cast Food and Music is Life. Yes. Uh, Josh, where are you today? What are you doing? I'm in Wichita, Kansas at my house. Mm, yes nice Cat- okay the casa the castle castle kansas so, castle i've been there yeah, I've been, i haven't been to that house but i've been to wichita barbie's um, dream house barbie's dream house that's a good yeah. name for it yeah if um, i was ever gonna rap that would be my rap name <laughs> barbie's dream house would be a good rap just, name. No, just dream house oh dream house okay i mean that's a good name anyways for right. any musical project um yeah, Wichita, Kansas. A lot of good memories in that the Kansas area for for Dogwood, Lawrence, and Wichita, and Topeka, and just that whole area. Um, always good to us. Is that where we met? You and I met. Did we meet at one of the Kansas shows we did? Or maybe? um, man, I don't know. So I I think the first time I met you guys was actually at Cornerstone. Okay, yeah, a lot. A lot we met made a lot of mutual friends at Cornerstone for sure. Um, yeah, everyone's, I, everyone's I, there. Was that was the crazy thing because I messaged you because I. I had watched several episodes of the podcast. And I don't know if I'd missed or something, how I had just like not caught the dogwood reference somehow. Like, cause I was always paying attention to like people that were on it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Cause like you had Brian on. Mm-hmm. Ray. Yep. Recently. And, uh, Brian and I aren't, aren't close, but know each other through all the living sacrifice guys. And they're all really close. Yeah. Me, totally. So, totally. Or I'm with whatever you, however you want to put it. But so it was, uh, because he's connected he's for sure connected with them yeah yeah yeah. he was out there so we played so they had done kind of like it wasn't really a reunion show because you got to break up to have a reunion show yeah but uh they did like a reissue arkansas show in fayetteville and it was like our last show before the pandemic hit and we played Mm -hmm. with him as a sold out show in arkansas which was really cool and brian was there oh got it and that was with uh, revisionist yeah okay um that was really really cool because it was actually a a small club show Mm -hmm. um and uh sold out because it's only sacrifice and it's in their stomping grounds and so it was like for a, sure if you didn't have tickets you were screwed kind of thing and <laughs> so sit outside and listen yeah so it was <laughs> it was cool 
but I love that. Um, yeah, such good dude, living sacrifice and they've always been really good, good dudes. Nice to us. And I'm glad that you know them too. And I know that you got some, some, uh, others, we know some other mutual friends that you actually had on some new music, but first Josh, take me back to when you first started doing music was revisionist your first band. Um, no. it, uh, oh man. Did no. your first music sound different than what you sound like now? Yeah. <laughs> so I think I grew up in a small town, probably, uh, an hour and a half between Kansas city and Wichita. Oh, okay. Like 30,000 people or so. So music coming by music was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in like a predominantly like church driven religious household. And, uh, there was one Christian bookstore and I, um, in town. And I, I mean, I think I, I got the, I don't know if you remember that this was it, uh, there was a tooth and nail sampler that had, it was like a, like a dis like a, it's like the through the years or something that was, uh, I mean, I want to say it's like, it was like a six disc set. Uh, yeah, it was like, a. I remember that it had like, um, I, I remember it. I don't remember what it was called, but they did a lot of compilations, but that was like one of the first box sets. they it, did. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't really, a, I mean, it was a compilation for sure, but like now complete discography or something like, like that throw away like the, but it was right. like a presentation mm-hmm. and, uh, it was more about the history Right, right. Uh, yeah. Um, now it was interesting because, like, I grew up in heavier music way before that. Um, so I, I grew up around bands like Origin is from Topeka, which was like forty-five minutes away, mm-hmm. and got mm-hmm. people like Coles shows. Nice. Um, but I was I'm jealous of that. Drive me yeah. or sneak into something. I had a good friend that um, was like Trust Kill Street Team or something oh, yeah. like that. So oh, he yeah. would come do posters and stuff. Yep. And uh, uh, his name was James, and he introduced me to a lot of music. And uh, but. Uh, I was kind of into everything that doesn't mean good things sure, so, sure. because you're from a small town. So mm-hmm. you get was, what you get. Well, yeah. And so your influences are really varied. Cause I remember, you know, I didn't have like the elitist mentality. It was like, was it aggressive and authentic and pissed? <laughs> sure. You know? And so, you know, there was some like new metal influences in there or some stuff that like probably wouldn't have been considered cool if I was in a city that, could tell me I was a loser, you know? So, <laughs> Hey man, um, there was a time when new metal kind of took over everything. So well, it was just like, you know, you never really, cause you don't really, I didn't, it was hard. Like if I wanted to drive to, I mean, like I said, it was like an hour and a half. And as soon as I got my driver's license, I was driving, I drove to shows every weekend yeah. and then started again and started to get what the like core of it all was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so it's something that I, um, yeah, just it was like you had to really seek it out. So back then, though, it was like you'd find a record label that you wanted to. You had one, mm-hmm. you, know, you found a band you liked on it. So oh yeah, you just oh yeah, searched all of the. Oh, I totally did that too. And uh, it took me a little bit longer to get into some of the punk side of it because it was like I was exposed to heavier stuff when I was mm-hmm. younger, and so you know you do the like, oh, it's it's not heavy enough. It's you weak. Know? Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, but then I remember you know somebody gave me my first like mxpx cd and it was one of those things where it sometimes got listened to and it was like a few select songs it wasn't like the whole record but then it started like opening it to expose it you know like oh maybe i'll check this thing out or maybe you exactly know, and, yeah and i i and so <laughs> they're definitely yeah so it's a cool. gateway <laughs> they're a gateway yeah so it was, it was interesting to like and i think things like cornerstone opened that up for me because mm-hmm. you, like it was the first place i really got exposed to everything growing up yeah. Like like a like a real diverse set of music and the artists and stuff. So, what about your parents or your family life? Was it were they like 
encouraging you to do music stuff or to go see bands or was it more like you were doing it because they didn't want you to like punk you know like because i know there was a lot, probably a lot of parents with kids from like church culture group that did not want like new metal or punk or hardcore you know man i don't know it's it's weird because like my parents weren't like overly strict and my mom was like uh my mom was actually pretty sick most of my life like i grew up in and out of the hospital so she kind of did the encouraging to do oh yeah i'm sorry yeah. just you know whatever and yeah. my dad facilitates some of that like he bought me my first guitar and okay. he actually took us to cornerstone four or five times and he we had like rad dad the best like camp setup like people were always like impressed by like because he built like a i mean it was is wild anyways yeah and so like, he we, built, it wasn't he just built like something. we showed up yeah. or, or <laughs> we showed up it was like we built like big tarps and mm -hmm. our ports that we took with us and <laughs> nice like, nice um and so he um he was supportive early on until i was like oh i think i want to do this full time and then uh -huh. my dad was pissed really um because i well because uh my dad's it's pretty successful like he well my dad's been a hard worker his whole life he works at a nuclear power plant and he started from security to he's a be retired as like a senior reactor operator that's like one of four or five people in the world of the country that can do the jobs he does oh wow um and uh i actually so used where to does a, where does homer simpson fit into that lineup like what, what level oh, is homer simpson uh, I, it's basically <laughs> a homer simpson-ish job but <laughs> less than that and, yeah. oh yeah um but my dad got me a job when I started touring full time as a journeyman, so I could like work power plants mm -hmm. when they would close. So I would travel and work like a month and a half at a time in the okay. city and travel. Um, and then uh, he was trying to get me to like dive in because it, you know, at twenty years old was, you know, a year or two in that would be making at the time really good money. I mean, seventy sure. eighty dollars a year. And so yeah. I remember uh, my I was in. I had played in some bands that were like cheesy like trying to be heavy bands that had like uh you know it was like religious yeah. names and you know using like a he old hebrew for like imagery and oh, stuff. oh yeah 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 um i've seen and, a lot uh, of that yeah there's a guy that lived in my hometown his name is mike rath he actually does singer songwriter stuff now and he's so talented um he really influenced helped me influence like understand music and uh nice we did this band and I, I he doesn't sound like this at all but i remember at the time thinking that he was like he sounded like the singer of stained and i thought that was really cool because <laughs> in my little world yeah. view, had some cool things that they did sure um, they, they were huge and, uh, and so like we got to do some interesting things and we got taken under our wings by a couple really cool people that were like knowledgeable um do you remember that band still breathing on solid state a little Years bit ago? yeah the girl, uh, Daisy mm -hmm. Rain, was a singer. Yeah. They, uh, so I remember going to like a Project Date Fix show with like Living Sacrifice and them, I think. And I was like the embarrassing, like I was just their kid. I was asked questions and hung out. Yeah. And, uh, but over time, their guitarist, uh, Bob, kind of wanted to like mentor a little bit. Hmm. And I remember we played a Battle of the Bands. And this is actually interesting because I told this story like two, three days ago, but we played a Battle of the Bands and, uh, he he lived we found out he lived about two and a half hours from me in oklahoma and uh he was like called and you know oh, what you guys got about the bands like what do you what gear are you playing on and i was playing on this like cheap crate half stack i wasn't who even wasn't, half stack. Was, like, who wasn't? yeah wave and uh he was like oh that's crazy and he's like have you ever played on anything like you know more with better need <laughs> and, and uh so he drove like 
three hours unasked um, and came to the Battle of the Bands that we were playing for my school and brought me his half stack to use. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, totally out of the blue. And I, I thought I was like the coolest person on the planet because this guy, like, he drove up to you deliver know, like, you the goods and uh, played the show. And in hindsight, I mean, I don't have any video of it. Thank God there's not cell phones like there are today because I'm sure <laughs> it was just terrible. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's, he, you know, they helped with that and over the years became a pretty good friend and mentor. And, um, I did that band and then became the more, I wasn't playing music as much, but I was the guy that was like interconnecting everybody. Mm-hmm. I knew you know, I was traveling and because I was in between Kansas City and Wichita, I had friends all the way across the, the board. Yeah. And, uh, I think because of my mom encouraging me, it was always like, say yes, like step through the door, try the thing yep. and found myself making friends. And, um, do you know, Oh man, I remember like even things like when the team is like the chariot, uh, when they first started, remember they did that. They were only playing three songs. They Another played Cornerstone that year, yeah. And then they, yeah. I remember they did like, do you remember the new earth coffee house in Kansas city? Totally. Yeah. Um, they played that and we played there all the time with uh, game time. <laughs> yeah yeah uh kyle coomer's old band coomer yeah yeah um but uh so i remember like tagging along and always trying to do things like i'd always figure a way to like sneak backstage or mm-hmm. like so cornerstone and stuff and so they on that first chariot record there was some like video and i remember getting to like someone handed me a camera and I was like, Oh, I can totally do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. Too. <laughs> but like, I think the next day they played at new earth. And then I was like, you know, it was the, Hey, I was doing this at cornerstone for you. I grab, give me the camera again and uh-huh. trying to like make friends. And Bradley yeah. Hathaway was on that tour with him. Uh, if I remember correctly, I might be wrong, but I think so. Uh, he was the, he did all that poetry stuff from Arkansas. Yeah, I know Bradley. He he was the he was the rodeo for Living Sacrifice when we toured with them. He sold merch for him, and he ran. Yeah. Uh, what uh, was it? Not the what the foundry was in Joplin. It was a venue in Art Little Rock that he ran. Yeah, not Vinos, but um, yeah, I forget what it was. But he definitely was a cool, cool little dude. You know, fun, fun yeah, awesome well, dude. He, I remember the first year he played at Cornerstone. He snuck onto main stage. I don't know if you were there that year, <laughs> like that to perform. Year. Uh, I remember like being around him cause we had some mutual friends and like being a part of him, like sneaking past security and finding yeah. ways on stage and oh yeah, like snuck his way on, on the stage, a sneaky little devil. <laughs> um, but I remember like paying attention. You're like, Oh, that's how you like, you gotta just, he literally worked his way up. <laughs> you just gotta go. And, uh, I remember there was a band from art uh, from Amarillo called the gentleman homicide. That was, um, we later ended up signing him with blood and ink um, a couple years after I joined, but they had some, it was like a, it was like the circle where they were connected and I helped him get a couple shows and then they needed a vocalist and I'd never done vocals in a band, but it was, again, it was the, just send it and like, we'll yeah. figure it out later. And, um, that's when my dad decided he hated music because I was working for a nuclear power plant in Missouri and they asked me if I could come try out. And I remember calling into work and I was working like six, 12 and a half hour shifts a week at the, for that, that job at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I like got off shift, drove all the way to Amarillo from Missouri 
and then tried out, was there for two or three hours, turned around, drove all the way back to Missouri to my, <laughs> and I was like living in a pop-up camper because I was a journeyman. So you just travel and work. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, they decided like two days later that they wanted me to come do vocals in the band. And then I quit my job and then turned right back around and took all my stuff. Yes. Back to you nailed Amarillo. it. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go. I mean, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. If you know, like it prolonged being an adult, you know, sure. I oh, a job trust me. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to bail. Like I'm going to just send it. And I remember talking to my parents and it was like, you know, I'm going to give it six months. And if we don't have some sort of record deal or something, mm-hmm. cause we were touring full time. Yeah. And I remember, you know, calling in and, uh, we got a, when blood and ink sent us a deal, they, I remember calling my parents and my mom was excited. My dad was like, Oh, I guess it means you're going to work at the gas station the rest of your life, you know? And, uh, yeah. Or no, first it was like, I guess that means you're not coming home. And then he was like, all right, well, I guess that means you're going to, you know, and, and do this forever. Right. Uh, I remember Classic. Like, he, like we played cornerstone that we played the encore, one of the encore stages that year. And I remember getting my dad on stage and hoping that it was like, give him the energy. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And so I, I don't, I think it was like, he thought it was neat, but it was also like your, Hello. Oh, that's my wife. <laughs> Hi, wife. Um, but he, you know, it's like, you know, as I, I mean, I have a kid now, so I understand like you want the best for your kid. Of course. And so being in a band, especially like an underground band is though you want them to chase their dreams. You understand that it's probably going to be harder to like accomplish life later. Yeah. Yeah. A few of us go on to be pretty successful with other things. Did you go back to the nuclear plant at all? No, never again. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I am as g- what I would consider successful in my life now, business wise, like in my current life. Okay. As I would have been if I would be doing that, like that industry. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, it's cool because I came full circle and now I'm, I don't suck so much. So, <laughs> but uh, see, so dad, that, that, <laughs> that, that band was like a chaotic, techie, like think like a show that the chariot would put on that Deadly. style of band and we were doing like 11 months of tour a year wow that's like that's just gone yeah well because we were broke sure yeah if you stay home you're broke yeah and one i li- they all lived at, in that city i was like six eight hours from home and so i was like living in a car when we were home mm-hmm. yeah or, or the van you know and uh I remember even the first tour that we did, it was, it was one of those things where we had, you know, merch set up and tours booked and I'll never forget the first excited tour we were going to do. We were supposed to be gone for like six months and uh, we went and put gas in the vehicle and nobody really been keep because we were kids. So nobody was really keeping up. It wasn't like we had a, a bookkeeper, mm-hmm. like a money guy. Of course not. And I remember counting all the money after we filled our tank up with gas and everybody was like, there's like a hundred dollars in here. And everybody was like, does anybody have any money? And everybody's like, we just dumped everything in to buy merch and buying all this other stuff. Right, right. And I think between five dudes, we had like less than 200 bucks between everybody. And we sat, we sat in the, the TA uh, right off of I-40. And it was like, are we going to go? Like, are we leaving? And I don't even think we ever had the conversation, but our guitarist at the time, Max, was driving and he like, just starts driving. He just was like, 
I'm going for it. We're leaving. I don't think we got paid over 50 bucks a night. We were like doing things to raise money. Like we had a, like a plastic spatula and for $2 at the merch table, you could pick two band members and they had to hit each other in whatever spot you pick. And we were like stupid things just to like put gas in the tank. Just to sure. yeah. The tour life is the next place. Yeah. Tour so, life is desperate. Yeah. Um, but if you're home, you have nothing as well and it sucks, mm-hmm. but, but, the, but you were on a label. Um, blood so we ink. got signed on that tour to blood. Oh, and ink. okay. Okay. So blood and ink. So yeah. Um, Which but still not, remember. not a huge money. Still wasn't yeah. like you weren't ballers. No, not at all. I mean, I don't, yeah, that's not the case yeah. at all. I know the feeling uh, for sure. I've been on tours, tours like that where the shows and, and what sucks is with dogwood i feel like we didn't we didn't open enough shows on tour we were always out as as direct support or headliners and so we had to split up the money with other other bands too because it was our show kind of so we never really got to we did some like small stuff locally with the west coast or whatever with pod and um on the way to cornerstone but we never i feel like we didn't we didn't open enough shows you know in our career (laughs) i know that i have to juggle maybe okay (laughs) um no so no, that, but the, you're right though. I mean, I can imagine with you guys, like, if you're always headlining, because you're doing a lot of headlining, mm-hmm. it's hard I, to grow. I mean, and the I'm audience. quote unquote headlining, like, you no, know, no, no, basically like last. playing You're last, next. but yeah, also yeah. like taking, ba- taking bands out on tour. And, yeah. you know, uh, we, we, we should have been more, we should have gone on more support tours as, as the support and like have the label pay for that and stuff like that or whatever, because that would have benefited us more. Now that I look back, I was like, oh, yeah, we actually, yeah, we were just, we weren't big enough to be doing that, but we did it anyways, you know, but full send. Well, and it's, it's like, hard to, it's like, if you can do support tours, you get to like play for other people's crowds that helps you grow the base. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I don't know, I, uh, that's cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, I did. So, but that band was like some of the greatest stories of my life. Yeah. Was doing that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned a lot of my, I think, a lot of my core character traits there and then worked out a lot of kinks of my bad ones. Right. Um, and I left that band to move to Arkansas, which had kind of became a home away from home. It, for some odd reason, like Northwest Arkansas loved us. Um, do you remember the band, the wedding? Yes, I do. Yes. So they, they put us on a couple shows with them. And for some reason they decided that they, like we are, we love that band. They're awesome. And then for some reason they decided that like they loved what we did, even though we were drastically different mm-hmm. um, and made a lot of really good friends there. I mean, even, I think we did a, like a tour kickoff show there and their singer at one point, they didn't have anything going on and left on tour. He just like, Oh, I don't have anything going on. I'm gonna go with you on the spot and mm-hmm. <laughs> do three weeks. With nice. Us. Okay. Um, but uh, so I moved there for a band called take it back. Yep. Awesome band. Um, awesome band. Gotta play bass for. Oh, you do everything. We've already talked about. You do everything. So, not well. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a master <laughs> of none. Um, but but uh, you have credits for doing that on records. Well, so I, and... I I joined that band as like a, they wanted to tour full time mm. and they it was like a little bit of something different, got me closer to home. And so we they had written probably half a record and then I came in and learned a bunch of old and new material 
Okay. Um, I was living in there. Zach was living. I don't remember. So there was like six dudes that lived in this house. I don't remember everybody that lived there at this point. I think I only knew Zach. Zach McKim. Yeah. There. Yeah. Shout out Zach. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite people ever. He's such a nice dude. Yeah. Everyone I likes him. There and, um, no but uh it's lived in that house with them learned music um the drum the old drummer of the wedding was in that band when it started he actually oh, really? i think he was okay. one of the members of it yeah um clint also awesome everybody in that band was always awesome mm-hmm. um but uh was there for a while played a handful of festivals and shows with them and then i had a terminally ill family member and i moved back to kansas to take care of mom yeah yeah Hard. So, okay. and uh, thought I was going to quit playing music. I sold all my gear. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I play guitar anymore. And then a friend of mine and my little brother convinced me to play music again, started a project that became what is this band. Okay. So, and around that time, I filled in for friends or I played festival dates or played like, I, though I'm not a great musician, was always able to like, last minute make time and show up and play <laughs> so. you got to stop saying that about yourself because obviously people were asking you to play you know like i'm fun the guitar and and then you got hired to do vocals and then you got hired to do bass also and then they're still asking you so obviously you got something you got you know you got something i think i brought the saying the business stuff sounds really stupid and corny but like but i i think it, it was but it is though it, i mean sure to a to maybe to an 18 year old but i i know what we're talking about you know I, but i like i've made up for some of the musical things with the like understanding exactly well that's so. the same in the kitchen we, if you're lacking something you make up for it with something else totally you know? no and, and that's what it was and you know it's like we you know we're we're good with trusting each other and so i was able to do some really cool things with that um mm-hmm. and uh and also I, I think i play music because it's all the camaraderie the fellowship yep yep, yep definitely. i got friends i can stay with all over the country if i come to town and totally. so i think that, that also aided in the band stuff because they're 100%. like oh well, Josh knows everybody yeah <laughs> like, yeah 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 so. exactly and you can cook <laughs> i can yeah well a little bit you're getting better. I got a couple of things that make well. That's all you need, baby. That's all you need. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, it's probably in our blood. You know, I was born in Missouri. Oh, okay. I was born We're in Missouri. In, I was born in a Fort Leonard Wood Army Hospital. Where's Fort Leonard Wood at? Exactly. Exactly. It's still there, but it's a small army base, kind of in the middle of the state, in, the, in like a, you know, wooded area. But, um, yeah, it's. I was just born in the army hospital there. Trying to look it up right now. We moved, we moved away, like very shortly thereafter. But okay. it's in the blood, you know. Barbecues in the blood there. Yeah, so you're like Ozarks. You're east of Springfield. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Def- it's east of Springfield. It's just a blip on the on the map. But, so the, um, I that's where I actually lived right outside of Fulton for the when I when I destroyed my nuclear power plant job. Um, that was out of Fulton, Missouri, over by Jeff City. Jefferson okay. City, which is like uh-huh. a hours, two hours north of where you were born. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So I, I most people that I tell about, they don't, most people don't know where where it is. And it's hard to find because it's a smaller base. But um, I don't know much. I don't know much about it. I, I only I was a baby, so I don't remember anything about it. So I really only know San Diego. But um, here we are, and um, I know. And you you just got your knife today, <laughs> dude. That's right. I got it right here. That's pretty actually. crazy. Like um, 
Oh, beautiful. Okay, Grumpy Chef. Uh, so by the way, I was super impressed with this packaging. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, I, I know. It's I like, think it's one of the things he's most excited about. He's like, the, and we love. We we like picked up all these different boxes, and this was the one we decided on. Like, it's got that sweet magnet set up. <laughs> like, I got the, one. the the. I don't know if you can see this. Oh yeah. Yes. The emerald. My my lighting in my house sucks, but no, I can totally see. I, uh, That's the same color I, I got. Use. A, the green one. So love it. I need to take sharp, it to get careful. sharper. Sharpen it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, just you know what they say. It's easier to cut yourself with a dull knife than a sharp knife. <laughs> That's I have a problem with cutting myself with knives in general. So yeah, I mean, any, any knife is going to hurt you if you do it wrong. But um, when did you start cooking? Um, more recently. Well, so with my mom being sick growing up, mm-hmm. there was a lot of trying to help my family. Oh yeah, and how big is your family? Well, I've got, so my mom and my mom and dad, my little brother, and then we had a, uh, a family, like another, like a little cousin that we, so we didn't adopt, but we had custody of because his sure. mom had a bunch of problems and we okay. had him for like four years, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my grandma lived with us till I oh, was like, whole 16. family. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So big family. Yeah. And, uh, my grandma was also pretty ill. And so you just kind of grew up jumping in where you fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh but my my house, I don't so I don't think my family's house had a locked door until I like actually until my mom passed away and then my dad got remarried. I don't think that there was ever even a lock on the door. On um, the front door of the house? Yeah, the house. But okay, nice. People would come and go, people knew, like I I would come home and like people wouldn't even be there for like for me. They'd be like talking about hanging out with my mom or something uh-huh, because yeah. they just like we were the house. So right. yeah, food was a big love language, like a totally. way to serve people and share community with people. Yeah. And so food for me has become that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, it brings a lot of, a uh, lot of memories, whether good or bad for a lot of people that I've been talking to on the show, but that's kind of how it became like the, what I do now in the chef world is like, try to, I try to build those experiences through music and food together, you know? So mm-hmm. like, it's, it's cool like if we know each other through music and then all of a sudden you're using the same we're using the same knives you know as each other and then next thing you know we're like cooking together you know somehow the virtual our next meeting will be like, when, you know doing something like that but every time i pick up the knife i'll think of you exactly yeah like it's interesting how it's all interconnected and mm-hmm. I'll, every time i grab that that I mean, thing is beautiful by the way but yeah every time i think of it i'm like oh it's <laughs> yeah i mean what Josh is cooking. exactly yeah uh probably tacos or something we need to talk a tiny bit more about your music because we need then we can move into some food pairings with revisionist you know and is it is the band named after like revisionist history or just reshaping Um, your views on things or that's exactly what it was was reshaping our you you hear people talk like you want to rewrite the record books right Mm -hmm. which is a part Mm -hmm. of history you're trying to you know so it's the with the name it was just kind of a spin on that concept Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to um I think for me, I grew up on all kinds of music, but some things that stuck out were bands like POD growing up Mm -hmm. or um, where it's, there's a lot of negativity in the world and there's a lot of things to be mad about. Yeah. There's a lot of things to, you know, you got to strive to get through and it's okay to be angry or mad or disappointed. But at the end of the day, like you got to be strong enough to withstand the Valley because the goal is to get through it. And so, yeah. Yeah. the goal was to have some sort of honest vision of the world, but that has a, you know, it's a, it's all about controlling your thought process and as you go. 
So true. Yeah. That's that's what the whole band was built on. Ozzy core positivity. Like, um, <laughs> it's interesting because it's, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I can understand all your lyrics as a, as a vocalist and a writer, like what's your, um, did you write all the songs, the, the lyrics and stuff? Some of them. Yeah. The, so on the, the, the first full length that we did, I did, I tracked like almost everything, but drums, oh, okay. like, including vocals. And then we did a song. We had a friend of ours that we had a guitarist that, ended up having to quit for some family things. And instead of finding a fill-in guitarist, it was easier to find a fill-in vocalist. And so mm-hmm. I just played, I just jumped over and played guitar for a CD release show. Oh, and okay. then the, the a, a buddy of ours named Grant, uh, who's in a rad band now called Wither Decay, but he was better than I was. And so <laughs> like, I don't mind playing, I'll play guitar. I don't care. Like you're yeah. better than me. It'll serve the band. So like, I do the same thing with chefs wanna, in the kitchen right now, you know, like, uh, yeah, you want to come yeah. guest chef, and then I let them take over, and I just kind of help them. <laughs> it's but it's fun, you know. No, and no, so, it's yeah. it's 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 fun, and and it keeps you humble. And we, it's we did a one song with him um, that Aaron Gillespie actually played drums on the recording. Okay, um, we were supposed to do a record with him, and COVID hit, and so so we didn't have to wait. Yeah. We waited almost a year. We went from April to November for recording. And uh, so in the middle, he was like, well, let's just do a song so we can get something done. Yeah. And so Aaron played drums on it because we didn't have a way to record our drums here. Um, and then. So the band's we, very collaborative. That's cool. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> like our current drummer joined the band as a guitarist and had never played guitar in a band. What? <laughs> Super talented kid, though. He, but he plays drums, but he plays, yeah. he also plays guitar and. So he was like, well, I want to play guitar. And then the drummer at the time wasn't quite ready for the seriousness of what we were doing and doing the record with Aaron. And mm-hmm. um, Aaron's a stickler for drums because sure. it's Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, so our our guitarist was like, well, I guess I'm going to play drums on the record. So he played, came in and switched Whoa. the drums. It's um, so crazy to me that, that a musician can just do that. Like. I don't do this, but I can't, I guess I can do it, you know, and all of a sudden you do it. He had a heavy hand in writing a lot of guitar parts and stuff on the, the full length we're about to release too. He okay. was like in the zone and it was cool because he knows the drums percussively where he's at and then he mm-hmm. knows what he wants to play. Actually, that so. helps. That helps. Definitely helps. Yeah. Just like, or if a drummer switches to another instrument, there's, they understand that other instrument so well because the drum is your whole body. Yeah. Um, and so that's so awesome. We, we got to do the, an EP in November of nine, of 20, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Albuquerque and Aaron had a studio he was like worked really closely with out there Aaron lives in Salt Lake right not uh, too far but he met us it's like was like nine hours nine ten hours for both of us to meet there and we did six days there and had a good time learned a lot from each other and we did a six song EP to like test the waters and see how we all get along and mm-hmm. how it's gonna go and um, and then about three or four months later, Aaron called me and said, I, I have ideas for wanting to build an identity with the band. We still don't have an identity at the time. It was just a, uh, riffy, passionate band, but mm-hmm. you couldn't put your finger on what it sounded like. And, um, there was definitely a, some, like every time I die influence in there, Yes, um, which is cool, but like the world doesn't need another every time I die. <laughs> like they're the best that they'll ever be at what they do. You sure. Know? Sure. 
And so he was like, I want you to like consider letting me actually like do a record and then kind of find out there was, he decided he wanted to engineer the record because he thought that part of the reason we wasn't completely happy with it was he just wanted to like have full control and we just dive in and write and record, you know, do it all together. Yeah. And so we worked out and he came out and we spent two weeks together in December of this year. Oh, cool. And did this record that we're getting ready to release. So the songs are all like still fresh and hot baking out of the oven. Um, yeah. How'd you hook up we with got Sunny? Masters, I think like a month ago. How'd you hook up with Sunny? Oh man, that's a, it's kind of a funny story. Yeah. I had, so I was a huge POD fan. Like I had like stuff from eBay that they had like signed like VHS, like uh, radio show promos that were like, it was like the one music video on the, remember they would come in like styrofoam yeah. VHSs. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was like, I was a huge POD fan and seen him a handful of times. And then we talked about Alex Hamp from War of Ages yep. is a good friend and they've done some tours with them. And then Arthur from Living Sacrifice. Right. They were, um, they've been a huge help mentoring the band, the, those two. And, uh, I remember hitting them up and being like, I know you did some tours with them and they know each other and asked them if they'd be willing to like shoot a text message over to ask if he would have been on the EP that we did and asking Sonny. Yeah. Asking Sonny. Yeah. And I remember they're like, yeah, he didn't respond. You know, they're like, he, you know, I don't know if I, I, you know, they, he didn't get back to him. Not because he's like hard to get a hold of, but just like one of them was like, I haven't talked to him in a couple of years. So maybe like, you know, we're, we're friends, but, you know, yeah, I don't have a lot of tools. And so I remember Sonny joined Cameo. I oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, totally. And so I hit him up and I was like, hey, I don't actually need anything. I don't <laughs> like, uh, but if a couple friends of mine hit you up about this, we're working on this record, we did it with Aaron. So I sent him a music video that we did and I was just like, I just want to share it with you. Like, you don't even have to respond. Mm-hmm. And Sonny's like the nicest dude. Like the nicest, ever. the nicest ever. Yeah. I got a message back and he was like, actually gave me, but it was a, you know, like a personal message. It wasn't something the band, like it wasn't, you know, those cameos where everybody shares it and like, look, this person's talking yeah. to me. It was just, yeah. like a, you know, personal thing. And, uh, I thought it was cool. Um, it was really kind of him to even respond and like humor the fact that somebody sent him some bullshit on the internet. Uh-huh. And, uh, then probably about two months after that we were getting ready to release the first single and I got uh, a POD started following our Facebook. I was like, Oh, that's neat. You know? And I remember sending a couple screenshots to someone. That's crazy. And then like a day later, Sonny started following the band's page. I was like, well, that's not, that can't be a coincidence. Right. And then like a week later, the Instagram got followed by the band and Sonny. Okay. And I was like, like, oh, I mean, uh, like he's paying attention. Cool. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, a couple weeks go by and then he messaged the band page and was like, hey, what are all your so, all your links? And I was like, kind of taken aback and like, mm-hmm. for, for what? And he was like, well, the music you're about to release, duh. Like, so I sent it to him and he shared a couple, two or three stories of us. He's actually shared a handful since then, but like he like actually went through and like put stuff on his story and put like swipe up links on it to go to our Spotify. And nice, uh, nice. And I was like, man, that's like, you know, because nobody else was doing that really for us. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool that he's yeah, it's he's huge taking, up, taking time out of his day. That's huge. And uh, and then I had a couple messages back and forth through the band page. And then one day he was like, hey, I'm going to be in Arkansas for a whosoever's event with 
Brian Welch. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. was like, you like, I don't remember if I hit him up about it or he hit me up, but something about like, that's close to me. We should hang out. And so my wife and kid and I went to Arkansas for a couple of days with Arthur um, mm-hmm. and hung out with Sonny and, he was like, you know, obviously the who servers thing is a really cool thing that they do. And it's, it takes up a lot of his time, but he had a bunch of time to hang out and uh, they immediately like gave me his number. was like, Hey, I really like what Aaron did with you guys. Mm-hmm. Tell Aaron that I want, cause he knew Aaron at this point, Aaron had signed on to do another rep, like a full length with and you. So guys. He was like, I want to help tell Aaron to leave me a spot on the record. Um, <laughs> and they offered to do it like gratis uh, just to help out. And wow. That's cool be a part of it and um i've been down that road where some you know you make friends and people like they say that they'll be on like yeah let me know when it comes time and i'll you know i'll do it Mm -hmm. and i remember even thinking up to like the week of that i was like is this actually gonna happen (laughs) like is he you know and uh so you know went from that to he got us into a couple shows and then we almost jumped on to like some shows with them Hmm. Because a band like dropped off, like it got into a van wreck or something. And oh no, old school me was like, "Hey, you need a band, and it's only like five hours away. We're just gonna show up for load in." And because I'm 20 years like, old, <laughs> make, it, make it work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, fast forward to now, and we've gotten to hang out a handful of times, and he might be flying out to be in a video for that song. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, That's cool. And we're trying to figure out if we can make that work or or not. Oh, we, yeah, we might actually have somebody do it out there too, just for his parts. So, um, fingers crossed. But so yeah, and then, you know, and then you're using that. Are you using that kind of like as a single to push to like sign It'll, out yeah, or one of the singles? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's really so, cool. When when is everything supposed to like come out or whatever? This year. Yeah. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Yeah. So no. Um, we got a little behind because the mixer got COVID. Oh yeah. Yep. I bet. Yeah. Couldn't get to the studio for, so we were a little behind with him and then Sonny got real busy. And so we were waiting on his feature and, uh, we shot a video that we ended up having to reshoot a bunch of stuff for it. So it just put us way behind. Um, I think the first single is going to be like late May, early June. Oh, that's not too far away. That's cool. So yeah. we uh, we shot three music videos two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh wow! We did them nice. all like one chunk. Yeah, and then we're gonna do one more with Sunny, and then we have one we're doing with another friend. So we're doing like five singles with videos. Sick. All right. Well, let me know if you need a chef, <laughs> um, dude. I. All this is about having fun with your friends, so I'm down for whatever. Exactly, yeah. I'll just I'll, I'll cook you guys uh, some tacos, say what's up to Aaron. I, I don't know what, what he eats, but I can make it. Um. Well, so <laughs> we have like one other video that's kind of in the works because Aaron actually offered – we were going to do a, an album premiere show. Um, well, after we release like two singles, we are going to do a local show where we play the record front to back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron – so like a producer's job is over when the record's done. Yeah, um, not but, with him. <laughs> Well, and I, I think it's just we've developed a pretty good like relationship since yeah. the first EP. Well, and, plus uh, he's in a he's in a band too, so he gets it. Yeah, I think we speak. To, I always make fun of him that we speak to this like shitty DIY spirit in him that's still there. Uh-huh. You know, it's like everyone has it. Yeah, grind. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But uh, he offered to come and play. Like if we could work it out, but he was like, "Yeah, I'll just come out and like open for the show." 
and do like all of his solo stuff that he does. Wow. Okay. And so, but we're in this like under oath, just released that record and just did that tour with spirit box. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to find time with everybody to book this silly premiere show that we're going to do the record. Yeah. So who knows? Like, I've learned a long time ago, you plan for all these awesome things and then you hope you land somewhere about half of accomplishment. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, it's not, but I mean the songs are really good from what you should, the ones you showed me are really good and the production and Thank obviously you. you're welcome. And then, you know, having Sonny on, it's never going to be a bad idea because he's just, he sounds really cool. His voice lends itself to a lot of different styles, obviously. And yeah. um, it's really cool. Is your friend who's in Let Live in Revisionist? No. Oh, okay. We've right. joked around about him being in the band. Okay, I, d- I didn't know if that was yeah. a, another musical connection you had, like collaborate collaboratively. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yeah, he I, plays drums and guitar in the band at the same time. We've, we've <laughs> talked about it over the years, and then um, that's actually why I was excited when you talked about wanting to do some vocals on something. Um, yeah, because it gave excuse to call him. His name is Jeff Sayun, and he's like, what he up, actually Jeff? Worked, he, did, <laughs> he did the mixing, mastering on our first record, and then okay. helped us with some. Produce, well, how many like, records do you have? Produce it fully, but it was like he helped us work out a bunch of kinks. And how, how many records do you have? So this will be the second full length, and we had an EP that we did. Oh, okay, okay. And then a single. So nice. That was back when the band had no intro. It was like it was just me doing a bunch of. Stu- I started the band. It was like a bunch of studio stuff, and then mm-hmm. we got acquired some members along the way. But yeah, like, he helped us out, and it was like really kindness, a big kindness from him. Again, it was like the Aaron thing. We got close after doing that record and just stayed in touch over mm-hmm. the years. But I, I hit him up. And I was like, hey, do you remember? I was like, I, I've heard you play, so I know you have some influence from that Southern California punk. Like, so I assumed bands like Dogwood influenced him. And so I asked <laughs> him. I was like, I was just talking to Josh about maybe doing some vocals on something. And I got back this like list of you know like holy shit like that's one of the reasons why i play music like i grew up going to dog with shades like for one of the first shows ever he said was like a slick shoes show at uh uh i want to say it was like chain reaction or something most likely chain reaction or glass house yeah something in southern yeah those are one of our venues up there we played but he was like dude i'm down for whatever like i'll send music over and let's he's go really jeff project that he's, he's doing on his own right now and then he was involved with uh that last Hyro the Hero record. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just heard the name. It's like a, it's actually like rap rock done really well. Okay. Like it's pretty cool. It's like high energy. It's like kind of like what the fever is doing now, but with a little more dynamic and musicality going on. Okay. Um, yeah. That way just different, like different, like, um, yeah. but he, uh, like itching to play music again. He's got a solo project now and that's been like all work. Like I'll work in no play. Right. So when I said something about doing a couple songs, he was like, just, you could tell he was just lit up. Like <laughs> we're getting messages all on caps lock and like, dude, I I'm calling it. you. Yeah. Just give me a few minutes. So. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, uh, we'll have to do some, uh, food and music pairings all together. Like, um, you know, have no. to pull it up. So he's trying to remember, he said it was dogwood slick shoes off the record and sick of change. Oh my, that's a good show. I would, I would guess that would be at, like at glass house. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger than chain reaction. So, that was probably a glass house uh, fun. I mean, heck, that could have just been a one-off at a skate park too. We we did a lot of shows like that, you know. <laughs> he, he was he it was funny because he was telling me a story, which is why I brought up the the guy bringing his guitar amp to the Battle of the Bands for me. Because mm-hmm. one of the, I can't remember, so I don't remember off the top of my head now. But he he told me the story like three or four days ago. Um, but one of the bands that played that show, he was obviously the kid that showed up at all the shows and was like yeah. ecstatic. Yeah. Like I want to be a part of this. 
and was telling one of the guys about their his band's first show ever. And that guy, I don't remember what band, it was one of the bands from that show, but he uh, said he showed up and dropped him off a Marshall half stack mm-hmm. to play for his show. Nice. And then was like, hey, we don't, I got some other stuff. And I was like, I'm not really using this right now. Why don't you just hang on to it? And then you come to shows a lot. So like you can come bring it. Like, Heck yeah. yeah. I'm probably butchered the story, but he, uh, it was interesting because he, you know, played on that amp for years and he, that band broke up and Jeff said he was like devastated, you know, it's such a wild thing. And then they lost you know, contact. And then he said about two years ago, he found him, whoever the, whatever the guy's name was, we found him online. Mm-hmm. And that guy didn't know that Jeff was in let live and was talking about how he had been to a bunch of let live shows and was really inspired by them. But Jeff was oh, like, no I only play music because like you guys in dogwood and like, well, you know, so, that's cool. So then I was like, Oh my God, I have like a story where somebody did the same, like brought me gear and, so find out that guy's of, name who gave him the stack. I, pr- I probably know the musician too. You know, I, I'm going I'm to text him right now while we're talking about it. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it's cool. Like those are the stories. Like this is why we do this though. Uh, totally. Know? That's, that's, that's exactly why I do the podcast too. It's like, uh, I realized that a lot of the chef and food industry people I know or beverage industry or whatever, a lot of them are affiliated with music somehow, either they were in bands or still are, or yeah. writing music, playing music, whatever. And then, of course, people in the music industry have all worked in, rest, you know, food industry jobs at some point, probably. If they're, you know, struggling musicians or whatever, they're probably a server or a dishwasher at some point or whatever, you know. Oh, totally. Um, but if, if you had to pair, well, I mean, obviously, I can pair your new music with Jif peanut butter. But if you had to pair something with <laughs> <laughs> your music, either your musical career or your current music or whatever, w- does anything come to mind as far as food or a beverage that pairs with your music now? Like the emotion or the feeling of of what so, did the food or whatever. I'm gonna butcher this. I always yeah. say it wrong. Get it, it butcher. But uh, <laughs> uh, carne adovada. Yep, you're close. You're, I mean, you I, said I, it basically without the Mexican accents. Yeah, but yeah, uh, we did that record in Albuquerque, and there's mm-hmm. something about Albuquerque New Mexican chilies that is different from. It is. It's like, hatch. New hatch Mexican chilies. food is different. Than it is any other like you know. You're saying new Mexican food is different than old Mexican food. (laughs) But yeah, or like Tex-Mex or, I mean, no, for sure. It's it's not the same. Well, they have the hatch. Their, their chilies are called hatch chilies, right? They're like just the rad flavor, wherever you cook them. And then, and then you're talking about carne adobada and it's got like the marinade and just. Well, there's a difference. I had some friends that are like, like they're big, like, like Hispanic families that cook all the time. He's like, Oh no, you're saying this. So there's adobado or like, there's it's something there's like a specific I, I might i guess i'm probably butchering it, but it's like new mexico specific of oh, what okay. they call it got it um the and actually so there's a place called el patio that was right across from the studio where we did the ep like we almost moved to new mexico because of the food after recording like we were like <laughs> that's we were good like, I mean, like, that's good not not in it like uh not a hyperbolic like you know like exaggeration like we were actually like we might this might work out. Yeah. EP stands for El Patio. And uh, we did. So, the, but the crazy thing. So when Aaron was here, he, so I have a, a th- one of the dishes I always cook is it's a Zupa Toscana. It's like an Italian wedding soup. Are you Italian? No, not at all. Oh, okay. But a friend's wife used to make it for us all the time when we would hang no, out. Oh, that stuff is good. My, my first yeah. restaurant job was Italian. So was it, it's, but it's like, you know, it sounds like the, the, like nothing soup. It's sausage, potatoes, 
you can put like kale in it, some onions yep. and yep. heavy whipping cream. No, it's super um, good. About how I got taught how to make it. And it's like, mama mia. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and it became the thing that like, we would have touring bands that would come through and be like, Hey, we heard that you make this soup. <laughs> We're only here and because so, of the soup. I've made, it, I, I've made it. I had like things like people, you know, like I have people I could help, help me move. And then I'm like, oh, I'll pay you. And they're like, you know, no, just make your soup for us. Yeah. So one of the days that we were in the, doing the record, um, I cooked for everybody and Aaron came over and um, we cooked and hung out all night. It was like a really good breaking bread situation. Yeah. And then the last Sunday, we were way ahead. We had 14 days or two weeks set aside for the record. And I think we were done in like, like eight. Oh, my. That's fast. Like, like we just knocked it out. Um, you guys are good. But we, so we took a sun, the, like the last Sunday before we were done, uh-huh. he was like, I don't even want to mess with music. I want to just, we have, we're ahead. So like, let's just hang out. So Aaron cooked for all of us and he picked me up at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, we went and got, man, he, that dude probably spent like $200 on groceries just for uh-huh. like, as a, I want to bless you. I want to cook for everybody. Yeah. Like, I want to give something to me. Yeah. So he made his carne adovada for us. Oh wow! And it was like an all day. I mean, it was like an all day thing. I mean, he probably cooked for four hours, um, it. doing it like the right way, slow cooking it, and mm-hmm. and so we hung out all day and drank some beers and broke bread. And so again, the the carne asada kept coming back. You know, it's round two, and we're eating the for same sure. thing. And so it, uh, but it was something special because he wanted to, you know, love on us by making food, and it was a really cool day. Just got to, everyone just yeah, got to hang out that's a, that's a, so. an, a very unforgettable experience. Like yeah, especially a, a white redhead guy from Florida making you carne asada, and it tastes really yeah. good. You know, like, and it, I mean, like, I, don't, I don't mean it to sound like a dick, but like you wouldn't think that he could do that, right? Well, and so he has a lot of like he was he's in Albuquerque all of the time because mm-hmm. of that studio where he had been. He used yeah. to do a lot of work. There. Yeah, so he got taught by people from there how to cook those exactly. dishes. And yeah. so you never know what people learn from other cooks, you know, and it, I think it might be my favorite thing that I've ever eaten in my entire life. I'll, I will uh, research that and uh, think I'll taste some and say, yes, this does pair with revisionist new music. You know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to it's like it, you know, like I've got, I have friends that are like, like I said, there's like a difference between like old Mexican cooked. Right. And new, like, like a, a new Mexican done like new, new Mexico cooked dish. Sure. So I don't know the difference, but like every time someone's like, you should try this. I'm like, Oh, that's not the same. Exactly. It's, well, even like yeah. being here in San Diego, it's like, we're, even our food here is different than uh, orange County or Los Angeles, or even actually even just South of the border in, in you know, Mexico yeah. and Tijuana. It's like there's differences here too. So everyone has their, um, a centralized and regionalized cuisine. So maybe you're going to bring something to the table now that you got your fancy knife and you'll be cutting up your own kind of carne and you have to send What's pictures. What's your favorite thing to cook? <laughs> to cook is definitely, I mean, I, I love all kinds of all Mexican foods and um, I, I love, I love slow cooking, slow roasting over or smoking anything outdoors, open flame. I love that. Okay. So try tip California, try tip. Um, Santa Maria style it's, or, or is, just is and then putting, a California thing. It's definitely a, a California specific to California thing. It's, it's on, you can get it on every, on every cow, but they just don't cut it like that. Out, I think East of like East of Arizona or New Mexico, maybe, but they don't, they don't, they just don't. Cause cut. my wife's family's from Ventura. So she knows. 
and they always yeah. talk about tri-tip and i've never had it where i like it <laughs> oh come so, on over come on over I, I, out here it's never even been like a, oh that's a good cut of meat it's not it's not any yeah. cut any cut of meat can be made into something good totally so oxtail tamales are really good but it's you know the tail or you can any any part of the head can be made into something you know or like so yeah. like um and so some of the some place some of the taco stands in mexico i just we just came back from a, a trip down to puerto Vallarta, and one of the busiest taco stands is is just meat made from intestines you know tripa and it was super super popular and um that's that's the only meat they have on the menu um and uh that wouldn't that might not fly in certain parts of san diego you know like <laughs> people aren't going to flock to that place because they can get quote unquote regular meat else you know at another place but if you can make it taste good i mean i don't know who am i to say what's what's uh good and what's not good if it's super super popular and everyone's eating it and stuff like that you know sometimes maybe not good for if, you but whatever I, sometimes i wonder if we are because we're uh, like uh, some areas or even just the country as a whole is a country of plenty Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we miss out on because obviously in, I think in some other countries they eat more because they yeah, exactly they, they eat everything I'm mean, not no, everything but they they like they, they no waste much waste right yep yep and so I wonder if there's some things that we miss out on because of our privilege like, plenty that yeah yeah no it's true um without using buzzwords like privilege or power or anything like that but it's because it's true it's we do we have the choice to right. to eat certain cuts of the animal or certain vegetables or fruits whenever you know whenever we want or welch's fruit snacks or whatever we want to eat whenever we want because we can even if even if we're poor here and people who people who are poor in america are not as poor as other places that's obvious so it's probably uh, not thought about as like a, oh my gosh like i'm you know it's like normally it's probably it's a good thing but then mm-hmm. people don't think about the fact that like man i'm probably missing out on some kind of some cool foods that oh for sure and especially like if you're picky or like you know biased against oh i only i only want ranch dressing on my pizza or whatever you know like <laughs> some people automatically ask for stuff like automatically want ketchup or ranch at the table or whatever it's like did you even try the food do you even know what you're right. talking about you know like just just take one little more step towards enlightenment and you'll see if that this food is actually amazing that somebody prepared for you before you ask for salt and pepper or whatever you know whatever the case may be i implore the listeners try the food before you ask for more stuff or whatever you know <laughs> i uh it's been interesting because my so my my wife it does a pretty good job trying food uh-huh. and uh she does not like spicy food right, right. it's it's not her her thing at all mm-hmm. so this is the little dude she what's said, up I, little buddy yeah, you got oranges. His name is Dillinger Duke. Dillinger Duke. So, but when we, when he was the kiddo was a baby, we, uh, there's a there's a thing called yummy. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's baby food. Oh, okay. So you like what you do is you they like they they give you you know it's like it shows up every week and you get like thirty new baby foods and not um, no two of them are the same. Oh, nice. Okay. And so, and they're all, you know, there's no, pres- you know, it's like none of the, the bullshit that comes in food. Yeah. Um, that wasn't necessarily why we did it, but th- they, they keep the raw colors. They keep the, they're not trying to make it appealing for a baby and the, mm-hmm. some of the textures, they have some seeds in them or things like that. And good. Uh, good. So he, as a baby was getting, now we only did it, it was a little expensive. So we only did it for a little while, but it was something I'm really glad we did because he got new flavor. It wasn't like he ate 
you know, apple, apples and bananas every day, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. baby food. And I think it helped him because he tries almost anything now. Mm-hmm. Yep. It uh, helps for sure. Exposure. Spicy things like he was eating. He was like dipping popcorn into sriracha yesterday. There you go. Yes. Like eating one, one popcorn at a time, but dipping it in the sriracha. And so my wife's always surprised. Like every, to every meal he asks for spice and it's cause he wants crushed red pepper on his food. Dude. He's, he's going for it. He's going to like your yeah. music. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, it's like food is like our family is like, we try to cook as much as we can and mm-hmm. cooking. Is a bit. I was actually really excited about that knife. Cause I really like having an extra chef's knife is really important. Oh, totally. Especially if it's, um, I mean, you're, you'll see, it's like, it's actually, I use it a lot. I, I mean, I've put in, I've been putting it to the test in my commercial kitchen and, um, you know, no complaints thus far. And it's, I, I just sharpen it when I, when I need to and stays, yeah. stays good for me. And, um, this is, uh, is that your, is that your only kid? Yes. Okay. So you got, so, so he's gonna, he's gonna get all your, all your, uh, music, you know, all the music you make and perform so far, he's going to be like, okay, this one and this one, he's going to start pairing it with spicy popcorn and all this kind of stuff, because that's where he is now. That. No, no. I mean, that's where he is in life now. And so those experiences we have as we grow up with different foods and stuff like that, he might not remember exactly having popcorn and sriracha when he's like 20, but if you remind him, he'll be like, Oh, you know, or if you play, like, if you play like their new music while he's eating something like that, his body is going to put that together. Like, cause the, that's interesting. The psychology cool, that like either the, either, either there's food trauma growing up or there's like food, good memories, you know? And, um, like if you grew up in a tumultuous household or whatever, or like, um, or I had, a, or if you, if I make a really rad menu and I'm playing, you know, I'm playing Bane on the sound system and I'm saying these two pair together. Cause you know, they're talking about veganism and this is a really good taco. Next time you have that food or listen to that music, you're going to know, you're going to put the other one together automatically. Man, you know, that's actually really, I mean, I never, like, I just, I never thought about it like that, but well, I mean, just like That's, you guys wanted to move to to um, Albuquerque to, just to be by that restaurant, like <laughs> it's the food yeah, had well, that also, powerful yeah. impact. Boom but from I a cannon. That, that time that, like, writing that record, mm-hmm. recording it, doing all yeah. of it, like so. Yeah, you're building that. And now area. I think about the, the the day that we spent with Aaron in the house, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I you say the name Carnado Vada, and I'm like, that's all of it. I I jump to so. And you're gonna and and you're going to compare every other dish that's like that to that dish. You know? Absolutely. And yeah. every other song or record or whatever that comes after the one you just made with you know whatever if you have food or whatever it's gonna be like, yeah, it wasn't as good as that blah blah blah. Or this is better than that one time or blah blah. But th- that will always be like a a benchmark in your career now of music and food together. You know. You, That's, you, uh, you automatically already did it. You were automatically already doing this podcast before we even talked. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's interesting how that, the, like the psychology of how that works. Cause uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. once you, you start talking about it, you immediately pinpoint where you, I've already thought about it like that. And I've, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and now if you, after we're done talking, you'll probably think of some more like things like, oh yeah, I was at this one place we had at this concert and there was food before or after and it was blah, blah blah and you can remember more stuff because you're putting the two, I, two I'm together doing it now because yeah. i think of like things like Tour. the stupid elephant ears at cornerstone uh, yeah 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 ostrich but like the off work <laughs> yeah the off like off i don't know like the it's like made out of that uh funnel cake batter there's like great big plates of oh i bought a couple things. of those yeah 
Yeah. So. One, one, there was one tour that that was the only thing I had eaten all day at Cornerstone. Um, uh, one of those elephant ears because we were on per diems. And I mean, some people would give me like snacks or whatever, but like that was really the only like meal I had was that. Uh, and I like eat half, get full, go to a couple shows, come back, eat, eat a little bit more. You know, <laughs> it was, it was fun, but I totally remember That's it. I totally remember it. I think about, I associate things like Subway with tour mm-hmm. because I, mm-hmm. Um, most people don't really, subways are mostly franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, when they first started doing gift cards, most of them didn't do gift cards. Yeah. And I knew that on tour. And so I would always order a bunch of stuff with my gift card and then they would be like, Oh, we don't accept that. And I was always like, but you have to now. <laughs> so they would just give me food all oh, the time. Sneaker, you here. sneaker. I um, love it. Cause I have I mean, I was in a band. I was bro- I mean, I was broke, broke. Right. So, no, no, I've totally been there. So, I mean, and you're not the first person to, to talk about Subway on the show either. Like, like that's a that's a staple of touring. Subway and yeah. and, and truck stop food is the staple of any touring band. We were, um, we any, or at least punk bands. Never afraid to like ask for help. Mm. So, because you, it was always true you were getting screwed all the time because that's just like how it unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and so I would always like, you know what? I'm just going to ask for places. So we would have like. You know, we'd go to like places like Applebee's and I'd be like, Hey, is the manager here? And like, Hey, we just had the show fall through. We're stuck. We're, you know, oh, wow. You were bold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was all about it. Like, I would ask beforehand and like, we would get, we would get blessed all of the time because you just, that's ask. great. No, I you should know? have thought of that. I should have thought of that. Like, we would just go places and like, you pull the manager aside. And it started because we were bored all the time on tour and uh, we wanted, we, Blood Neat gave us a bunch of like a big box. There was probably 500 cardboard samplers, CDs in it. Right. And we um, we would trade them to get into a theme parks and like water parks. <laughs> okay. And we weren't even on the sampler. It was really funny. They're like, "What band are you?" And we're like, uh, "This one." Like, <laughs> point to any band. Uh, and then we were asking if we could trade, and then turn that into like we started getting to go to like museums for free and you're maybe like Disney World for free. Just you're pull someone aside yeah. and you're like, "Dude, we're screwed," and we like we haven't gotten paid. Like, days and we're just trying to have a good day like i need a good day can you give me a w like yeah so sounds like a lot of people a lot of people got it now so there's a bunch of blood and ink samplers floating around from people who used to work at like theme parks and stuff like that but yeah wrap me wrap me up like give me some give me some uh like a nugget of wisdom what what have you learned like quitting your nuclear career and (laughs) now man i don't know that like all you know it's like you uh with with all this stuff you you talk about like you know, you look at it as like, man, this is what got me. This is the stuff that got me here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it was my, you know, it's like, I, I can only tell people what like worked for me, mm-hmm. but not, it's like, I don't want to tell people like, you know, it's the stupid thing. Like, yeah, it's like quit your job and chase your dreams. Cause I feel like that was like stupid. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you, you, but like, you listened, you listened like to your mom, your, your mom said that and you did it. You know, most situations and most decisions you can't, you can always re- like if you, you start taking that step and you feel like it's wrong most yeah. of the time you're not so far in you can't like yeah recalibrate and shift your you know and so a lot of times it's like do the thing that you think you want to do take the step take you know the if you want to learn to cook start cooking if you want to you know it's like yep it doesn't mean like quit your job and like, I'm going to be a chef tomorrow, you know, but it's, <laughs> you, you take the steps that work you there and, you know, get you yeah. to that spot and yeah. take the shot. You know, it's, it's always a no, if you don't ask. Hey, that's true. You miss every shot you don't take. 
<laughs> totally. Um, so I, know, I just got a text back. So it was Ryan from Off the Record. Oh yeah, shout out Ryan. Yeah, he's so, all those dudes are awesome. I mean, we did a lot of touring with them too. So yeah, I, I could see Ryan giving him just giving him all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's really like, cool. Like, yeah, that was is. Uh, yeah, Jeff Physics. He texted me a little bit ago. He's like, "Dude, I'm so stoked about sending some songs over." So. Oh yeah, I mean, I just you know, like it's kind of like what you were doing. Like you were you had music going, and you didn't really have the band together or whatever, and just it became something else and that's kind of what St. Daedicus is, you know, I mean, now it's, we have more songs and, you know, Danny's been all of them and little by little more musicians are joining on and stuff like that. So it's just, it's fun. And I, I, need never, to, I don't want to stop. I need to send you the actual, like the full record that we finished. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Uh, that, what's, so what's the plan with the band? What are you going to do like with the songs and stuff? So we're, I told you we're, we're going to do like treating more like a hip hop release and do a mm-hmm. bunch of singles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's hard like where we live there's not a ton of bands, especially with covid like there's not much like many bands that come through here at least yeah. right now yeah um or tours are too full to even add support to them you have to, so, put on your, to turn put on your own festival it's hard to get like uh to be able to like network get in yeah. get on the show to be able to network yeah. with people and so um but like the the record is like so i know everyone's like oh we did something really cool but like we made a really special record i think sure. yeah, yeah it sounds great it's crazy cuz aaron instead of going to an, a studio, like a place that's set up for this, mm-hmm. um, there was a, a guy in town that his name is Alex and he owns a couple of music venues and bars in town. And he had a loft that, um, is actually really nerve wracking because it's unfinished. Mm-hmm. Like, like scary <laughs> plywood on the floor, yeah. no insulation, no HVAC, no power. Oh. And like, it was, I mean, I have to send you pictures. It's like, there was, there was nothing in the, the loft. And uh, we set that we went and looked at it in like in April, planning to record in October. And Aaron called us and was like, "I don't want to go to a studio. I want to like write this record with you guys and like get like make it cool." Mm-hmm. Um, I, he just did a bunch of engineering on that new Under Earth record, and he's like, "I got a bunch of really cool new toys for that record. I kind of want to just bring all my stuff to you guys and like crash on your couch for two weeks and like let's write a record." Damn, that's cool. And uh he got delayed because under oath got some bookings and he called us like the week of we were supposed to record and was like hey maybe it wasn't the, it was like a week or two it might have been a furnace fest when he told me but he was like we have to push back to like december from october mm-hmm. and i called the guy with the uh, venue or the place he was letting us use he was like, that's really good because we're a little behind on the space so a lot behind <laughs> We went to go check it out, and I'm, I swear to God, it looked exactly like it did in April. <laughs> still We're no a little power, behind. Still no I put two nails in. And uh, he was like, it'll be done. And the week that we started, we started recording on a Saturday. On Tuesday, it got HVAC, and on Wednesday, it got some power. Like, not even, like, the whole place was wired for power. Just one wall had power. Oh, yeah. Very slow. So we had no idea if, like the amp like the 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 recording preamps were going to pick up noise in the power like if it's dirty power mm-hmm. you're just screwed mm-hmm. and there was like exposed rafters that were all the way went up to the ceiling and like it was it was not a recording studio and uh and then aaron had to fly out for that digital ghost premiere yep it's like i don't his plan was gonna he was gonna drive a cargo van with all his gear here he was gonna yeah. pay for out of pocket and just come out and do it wow and we had to scramble and we drove from Kansas to Salt Lake with a pickup truck that that day we built a wooden topper for because we didn't have a topper for it. And we had yeah. a van. And uh, 
so we like built a topper and then drove the trip ended up being like 36 hours round trip thing. Um, we like slept for maybe like an hour on the side of the road there and an hour back because me and our singer, Eric, and then we got there and Aaron trusted us with like his livelihood, like all of his, cause he, he's a producer. Like all he does is work with like big artists and yeah, um, he writes songs probably five days a week. And uh, so he let us take all of his equipment and put it in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> and, take it. and I'm sure he was like stressed and a little anxious about it, but it was like, well, now I have to come out because <laughs> mm-hmm. you have all my stuff. Yeah. So we did that. And then we, he got there, we set everything up. We had a couple of people in town that loaned us some, like some bass traps for like the studio from another studio in town. Mm-hmm. And, but we did this record in a, like, I went to like a band in like there was like plumbing done, but no sink, no, like there was a hole for where a toilet was supposed to get mounted. And we got <laughs> sick and go, our, our drummer works at the bar downstairs and we got sick of trying to run downstairs to unlock the bar to go to the bathroom. But like, we were all like just trying to pee in this hole in the floor. It's like, you know, it's like where the toilet mounts. You got to like, aim, yeah. Idea where it went or if it was all hooked up somewhere else. Like, oh no. <laughs> uh, Aaron brought his like drum set that he used on the Voyeurist record out. And we just like hung out for, you know, yeah. eight, nine days and wrote the record and had a good time. And I want to hear it. It was very unorthodox. And then. Mm-hmm. We had to fly out and then we had to drive all of his gear all the way back to Salt Lake. Oh, that too. Yeah. There's that too. <laughs> so, but it wouldn't happen if we didn't do it. But like, you know, it's like if you can make a way, you just figure it out. Yep. You know, and obviously gas is crazy right now. And so it was like one expense after another and it was really stressful. But we ended up like getting so far ahead that we co wrote a song with Aaron. Nice. Yeah. We like got to record an extra song and, uh, it's like a special experience that like I don't think most people would get. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. who's gonna like we just were in this like abandoned loft and wrote a record and recorded it and then it doesn't sound like we tracked it in this DIY environment. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, very special. There's a guy named Bo Mars from uh from Iceland that he all he does is some big pop projects. He's friends with Aaron. Okay. And I don't know that he's ever done any heavy music for mixing and mastering. Oh. But used to be in a heavy band, so he knows it. So I, I might be wrong if he had an engineer or he hasn't like studio done heavy stuff. But if he had, it's been long enough that he's like, I can't even remember what, you know, what's popular in that industry or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he does a lot of like pop and like really big projects, and uh, so he mixed it accordingly. So we don't. It doesn't even sound like we didn't want a traditional heavy band mix. Okay, we wanted it to feel a little different. And yeah, so, it's, it's super. I don't know. I I feel like it's clean in just the right spots and dirty in just the right spots. Yeah. yeah. Well, because we didn't do any, um, like you know, I don't know, you know, a lot of studios will do like guitar DI tracks and then they'll send it to the studio and they reamp it or put mm-hmm. other stuff on it. Yeah. We even we didn't even put guitar DIs in. We just set up, figured out what tone we wanted, and set right out it, the speakers. Committed yeah. to it. <laughs> um, so we didn't even. There was no plan B if it was bad. Um, but Aaron knows guitar and I know guitar tone really well. And so we just like trusted each other to do mm-hmm. it. Um, but then also um, no two songs have the same guitar setup on it. Oh, that's kind of so cool. So the drums and bass are basically the same sands, like swapping some snares out every mm-hmm. now and then. But uh, every day we picked a new song to re- like, cause we didn't have a plan when we started and then we rewrote kind of as we went. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron had us like, we were picking there, like, you know, there's multiple guitar amps on each one. 
but no two songs have the same guitar amps or the same like guitars on them. So if you pay attention, it doesn't sound like they're out of place, but if you really pay attention, each one of them has different guitar tone. For I mean, for I've only, I only heard those ones a couple that you sent me, I think. Yeah, I'll have to send it all to you. Like, okay. It's real subtle, but when you start realizing that they're all like unique. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but we did it on purpose because we wanted the band to feel raw, mm-hmm. but the production to be there to like compete with that space. Yeah. So because we've always had this like rowdy rock and roll thing was this thing that we always just like, is like the core of what we were. It is. So we didn't want to lose that, but we wanted to be competitive. Mm -hmm. And it feel like a Paul, like a produced record. Yeah. And so I I get the feeling I I, I get that for sure. Come, come play in San Diego, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, uh, we were actually talking about that. You know, uh, I mean, you might actually, maybe you would, you know, Josh Espinoza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pinup management. So he's a friend. He's been talking about trying to get us to come out. He's got that band. I think it's called Worship, but it's like uh, they're they're so good. Uh, he was talking about they might do a couple of, like fests next year out here, and he wanted to do some Midwest tours with us. So cool. It'll be it'll be uh, we'll see. COVID's kind of thrown a wrench in everything. It's like you just don't know yeah, what's it's going coming on. back. They're coming back. You know, there's like there's millions of people right now at Coachella. So. Yeah, you know, of course, because there's money. Yeah, making money off of exactly. it. Exactly, so. it's the money. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, right, but man, well, I appreciate you. Yeah, this been this was on. good. I mean, but uh, yeah, no, the the parent, man, the parent thing is gonna have me thinking all the rest of the next couple of days. I bet because I know. Just send me ideas, send me pictures, and um, I'll, we'll we'll get stuff posted up, and I'll I'll make a sandwich called the Revisionist or something. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I appreciate taking time. This stuff is so much fun. So let's chat soon. Cool. All right, have a good one. I'm gonna go watch some monster trucks with my kids. Heck yeah, enjoy it, dude. Later. Talk to you. Bye. Okay, yeah. There you have it. Bunch of Josh stuff. Bunch of stuff about a bunch of Joshes. <laughs> that was uh, that was a lot of information about a lot of bands. Sounds like sounds to me that Josh can play a lot of instruments. Sounds like everyone he knows plays a lot of instruments, right? <laughs> So shout out to a lot of people in this one, right? So if you if you missed all the references, go back. This this talks about almost every band in every state in America. Just kidding, but anyways, yeah, I am looking forward to the release of their new record, Revisionist, and it sounds really good. I can't tell you how good it sounds. Already, like right now, I've heard the whole thing, and I'm just very excited that there's new music like this coming out. And I know people involved with it. That's always fun when you there's good music and you know the people also. That's a, a twofer, if you will. But yeah, anyways, thanks for listening. Um, I will uh, be back soon with another episode. I, got, I, I promise you I have, I have more ready to go. And next week's guest is Mr. Ryan Onan, old homie from San Diego who is now doing stuff in Hollywood and Netflix and stuff like that. Old punk rock dude. Um, I mean, he's younger than me, but he's he's from the olden days of when Dogwood was starting and stuff like that. So yeah, that's next. Tune in next time, next week. Same bat channel, stuff like that. Um, of course, I'm going to show you some more songs from, from Josh Barbie, from his, his musical career. It's going to get loud. It's going to get hectic. It's going to get chaotic. So I'm warning you now. Um, you have, you still have time to exit if that, that's not your thing. <laughs> but this is the kind of music I listen to in the kitchen sometimes when I really want to focus. And I, if this is your first time hearing me, um, go back and listen to maybe some of the kitchen pairing playlists. I keep recommending those because that will give you a glimpse into my mind, into my ears, and what we're listening to at Harvest Kitchen where I'm the executive chef. Um, 
I don't I don't always have control of the speakers, but oftentimes we're playing something uh, vibe in. We wanted to catch the vibe of the music. So yeah, anyways, go back and listen to the P- Kitchen Pairing playlist if you want to hear what we're listening to in the kitchen. And hit me up on Instagram if you want to talk about some food and music pairings. Uh, we don't even have to do it on the podcast if you don't want. We can just talk uh, short messages about it. I've, I've given people tips on fermenting, making salsas, smoking meats, making vegan menus, uh, vegan Mexican food is, is awesome. So all kinds of stuff. So let's talk. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Instagram.com forward slash the family cast Patreon. I'm on Patreon. All these links will be in the show notes as per usual. Thanks. You, thank you to my homies at downright.com D O W N W R I T E.com for the microphone. Sounds amazing. Thank you. You make me sound so buttery and delicious. And, um, if you want to use downright, that's a good place to collaborate with your favorite musician for songs. Um, Bob Nana is one of the owners. He's a, he's a legend. And also, I am a featured musician on FeaturedX.com. If you want to hire me for some vocals for your songs or tracks or whatever, I can help you write, produce, record, whatever. Let me know. I got you. Okay, that's at FeaturedX.com. Look for me, Josh Kemble. All right. Uh, I uh, I don't have much more to say. Shop GrumpyChefShop.com. If you need some kitchen knives, beautiful kitchen knives, sharp and uh, use code FAMCAST at checkout. F-A-M-C-A-S-T. When you check out to save 15%, do the same thing at liquiddeath.com. You know they make water. There's a lot of bigger shows and bigger sponsors they have out there. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little part of it. So use code FAMCAST at checkout. And also... Um, Essex Coffee Roasters. Yes, Aaron, what's up? Be well. New music from Be Well. Essex Coffee Roasters making all kinds of new blends. Their newest their newest collaboration is Darkest Hour Coffee. Check that out. If you don't follow them, go to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com and check out all the different collabs that he's doing with different musicians and bands and all that kind of stuff. All right. Um, I think that's about it. Just go to the show notes. If you if you forget anything that I said, just go to the show notes. Rate, rate, review, share. If you're on Spotify, you can do that. If you're on Google, you can do that. If you're on Apple, you can do that. I don't know about the other ones. I know, but we're on there. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on whatever. So anyways, show notes. I'll talk to you sometime soon. I'm going to play a couple songs from two of the bands that Josh Barbie was in. Two of them. There's more. If you hear the conversation, he's in a lot of them. But I got two of them right here. It's going to get brutal. <laughs> the first track is going to be from his, when he was the singer in the band The Gentleman Homicide. They were on Blood and Ink Records. We were talking about it in the show, right? And the song is called The Goodbye and the morning after all right and then we're going to go right into the next one which his band was called cowards i was mentioning them earlier that's a band he did with his um his buddy from norma jean the band norma jean he's he this was just them too and the song is called nothing to show another brutal one so we're going to end on a couple of brutal notes today here on the family cast food and music is life yes yes indeed i'm chef josh and i'm out of here talk to you next time ciao ciao
What's up, fam? This is Rhythm, and you're listening to The Family Cast. Food and music is life, yes?